The Wings Over New Zealand show is brought to you in association with the Wings Over New Zealand Aviation Forum, New Zealand's number one aviation discussion forum online. There you'll find discussion on all aspects of New Zealand aviation, from history to current affairs and thousands of photos covering the Royal New Zealand Air Force, airlines, general aviation, warbird restorations, air show news, sport aviation, home building, gliding, aviation media and much, much more. You'll be in good company with other aviation enthusiasts, including pilots, engineers, warbird owners and restorers, historians and authors, modelers, aviation photographers and many others. Sign up to the Wings Over New Zealand community now. It's free and easy. Just Google Wings Over New Zealand and you'll find the forum. Welcome to the Wings Over New Zealand show with Dave Homewood. Hi, welcome to the Wings Over New Zealand show. I'm your host, Dave Homewood. On the 30th of October in 2016, we held a forum meet down at Wigram at the Air Force Museum of New Zealand. And uh, we had a number of guest speakers, some of who presented with uh, a lot of photographs. And so this is an audio podcast, but uh, we're putting up the photographs to go along with the audio podcast uh, via YouTube. So this is, uh, this is a bit of experimental work here for the Wings of New Zealand show. We've not done this before. So you'll get to see the photos that uh, Ross Brody, our speaker coming up, um, talks about. Now, Ross is a, a young pilot. Um, he was 16 years old at the time of the talk, and uh, he's now 17 um, at the time of this uh, release of this recording. Um, he's got an amazing history behind him uh, of uh, ancestry of pilots, and uh, he just gave an amazing talk, and I hope you're going to enjoy it. It's really, really worth having to listen to. So here I am, introducing Ross. We've, we've, um, we've got Ross Brody here, who's uh, recently gone solo himself. Um, how many times was it in the first day? Sixteen. Sixteen times yeah. on his sixteenth birthday. So welcome, Ross. Yeah, so this is really the start of my story. I'm um, actually a fourth generation aviator in my family and that picture there, that's of my great-grandfather and namesake and that picture was taken probably just a few hundred metres out that way on uh, 12th, um, yeah, 12th September 1917. He uh, went solo in the um, Cauldron, operated of course by Canterbury Aviation Company. Um, and three days later, he got his ticket and went off <laughs> with, with less than 10 hours and, um, and was sent over to the UK um, to, uh, to do his military training and thankfully didn't get sent to France. He actually got fin- uh, sent to Egypt. And so he served there until 1919 with the um, RFC. Um, and this is just a picture of him. Um, he is the second from the left, um, and that's he was part of the first group to go through to get their tickets with the uh, Canterbury Aviation Company. And so you'll see, um, some of you may be able to pick out some other familiar faces in there. Of course, Bert Mercer of um, the uh, you know West Coast um, flying. He's he's in there as well. So. Second generation, so I couldn't actually find a picture of my, um, you know, grandfather and grandmother with aviation, but um, Strewn, both my grandmother and grandfather flew, 
Um, Strew and Brodie, he learnt to fly in, uh, in the 1950s with the South Canterbury Aero Club and uh, loved it so much he convinced his wife Anne to go and do it. And, um, and she also was one of the founding members of the Air Women's Association um, in New Zealand. And uh, they, of course, led, um, you know, led on the third generation, uh, the young fella over there. He, he has a bit more hair in this picture. You might not be able to recognise him. <laughs> and um, and, and in the late 70s, he, um, he started his flying career um, going through his PPL uh, with uh, two quite well-known instructors, uh, Jack Malhop and Tom Middleton. And, um, and so he, he says that he's very privileged to, to have flown, you know, learnt with those two instructors. Um, and then, a little over 16 years ago, I came along and um, and there was <laughs> there was no time wasted in the uh, in the brainwashing. So at that stage, I'm not even quite an hour old, and I was left alone with Dad for a few minutes, and the De Havilland book is already out. Um, yeah, so really no hope for me from literally day one, um, you know, with the aviation, um, and. Yeah, so as, as long as I can remember, I've, I've flying is something that I've wanted to do. Um, and so in this picture here, I'm two. And this was taken at a, uh, a Tiger Moth Club event that we hosted at our airfield at Rangitata Island. And uh, one morning of the event, I, uh, Mum was busy in the kitchen getting some catering sorted. And she thought I was, you know, being a good boy, staying in the cot. But uh, she was mistaken. There were some aeroplanes outside to look at. And uh, I actually somehow managed to climb over the railings of the cot, walk out to the airfield, and when I was found, I was sitting beside the runway and I was pointing at a tiger moth flying overhead. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> sad. Yeah, sad. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, no. Growing growing up at the airfield, it was you know very very privileged to be able to do that. Um, you know, in, in an environment with you know lots of uh, of course lots of flying going on. You know, doing lots of flying with dad and um, other people would come in with different airplanes and get to go for rides with them. Um, yeah, did some interesting things. Um, so I think I might have been five, and that picture was taken just flying with dad in the little. Uh, RAND's microlight we used for training, and um, did my first flying lesson, my first proper flying lesson, when I was nine, and I think that picture was taken just a wee bit after, one of my early flying lessons, and uh, you can almost a little bit see there is uh, the cushions. I think when I first started I had five cushions, I think three behind me and two underneath to be able to see and reach all of the controls. Um, so with with the flying, I um, you know had many good mentors to help me through with that along the way as well. Of course, one being Dad, who I started learning to fly with in uh, microlights. Uh, this here is a good friend, Chuck Berry, uh, who's actually more famous for a lot of the stuff he does in the air without wings, with skydiving and um, and base jumping, this sort of thing. Um, about a little over ten years ago, he learned to fly with Dad. Um, and, of course, with all the crazy stuff he did 
in the air out of aeroplanes. He had to go and do it in aeroplanes. And so I went through, got aerobatics rate, and when I was seven, he took me for my first uh, aerobatics ride, which uh, started um, something else for me, uh, which I'll talk about a bit later on. Um, Jerry Chisholm was another good mentor of mine. Uh, Jerry and his wife Jan, they, um, they're based out of uh, Bridge Park Hastings, and uh, they own uh, DH60, the Gypsy Moth, and the Tiger. Uh, they operate a Tiger Moth, and um, the DH60 was actually the one which many of you probably already know was in the uh, the recent film um, Gene. And uh, yeah, so I've, you know Jerry, very experienced. He, I think he's got over forty. 40,000 hours and lots of different things and so I've, I think the first time I flew with Jerry I might have been six and he took me out in the um, a Piper Cub and showed me riverbed landings um, something a, a wee bit a wee bit different um, Ryan Southam is another one he uh, he sent me solo um, and the Tiger Moth earlier on this year he uh, I've been doing a bit of flying with him um, in the GA side of things. Very experienced um, Tiger Moth instructor. Uh, he's now based at uh, Blenheim. Uh, and he's just started flying the Yak-3, which is you know, very, very good. Yeah. Um, that uh, picture, is that An Andrew Love, another one of my um, instructors. He, he really got me on the path of, uh, of really getting into aerobatics. And uh, you know, taught taught me a lot about that. And this in this picture is um, it was actually quite cool. Uh, of a few months ago, he needed to do a photo shoot, and so um, that's me and the uh, aircraft furthest from the camera, and Andy there. And I th that was kind of special to you know, after flying with Andy, and I think he he's known me for a very long time to go up and be able to fly in two aeroplanes together like that was quite quite special. Um, and then last but not least is uh, a very good friend of mine, Bevan Jews, who uh, um, he's he's based at Marsden. He owns a chipmunk, which he um, owned at the age of 19. So, um, uh, and, and he, he worked for us for a short time at um, Rangitata Island and, uh, and it was very good being able to, because of course with the aviation is... Um, Growing up, I was always around um, people that were a lot older than me, and so it was quite good with Bevan coming along to be able to have someone a lot closer to my age to look up to. Um, and my friendship with Bevan um, took me to quite a special event um, for me, which was going up to, um, to Marston for a um, vintage aviator flying weekend, which they had. And um, and just went up to help out and you know get to be around the aeroplanes and one one um, day they uh, they were cleaning the FE2s and um, and I'll just actually flip to the next one so you can see it's quite large and um, no one was game none of the pilots none of the engineers were game to um, go up and clean them the top wing and so uh, they volunteered the 13 year old to go and do it. And um, and so I climbed up there, and it was um, it was actually it was God, it must have nearly been circuit height from way up there, and um, got through, cleaned the top wing, and after that the chief pilot um, 
for the vintage aviator, Jean DeMarco, came up and um, they were looking for navigator, uh, sorry, for uh, gunners for the photo shoot. And he said, oh, you'll do. So um, that's me in the front of the FE2 furthest from camera. And so that, that was a very special, um, yeah, very special day. And uh, yeah, very fortunate to have that um, opportunity. Um, yes, it is. Yes. So um, yeah, I've, I've, another big part of that was um, you know the pilot I was flying with is Keith Skilling, who of course is um, name probably rings a bell with most of you. Um, of course, very experienced pilot, flying many different things. Probably most famous for he flies the course here at all the air shows. Um, and so that that was very special to be able to yeah, not just go flying in such a special aeroplane, but with you know such a such an experienced pilot. Um, also helping out over the weekend. A few days later, got to go on the uh, BE two as well for another photo shoot that they had, and um, that that was another you know very well quite cool because I'm quite a de Havilland fanatic, and that's about the earliest you can really go with you know flying de Havilland designs is um, a very early design from Geoffrey de Havilland of course with the BE2 um, yeah and another of course with, with all the flying going on and having to wait until I was 16 to be able to do any of it myself I um, got into photography, air to air photography, it was another hobby of mine um, and uh, yeah, so I've um, just got a few pictures here. So it's it's, it's yeah some, something I got into, um, mostly actually for uh, um, uh, for promotional pictures ourselves with the flight training. Has went up a few times and really enjoyed it and started looking for that for other aircraft to um, to take pictures of. And so that one that's actually just a local aircraft who wanted some pictures, so we got that. Those are two of our training aircraft which we use. So, um, so they, these are both Microlite category aircraft. Um, uh, both Rans S6, one's Tail Dragger, one's Trike. Um, you know, very. It's, it's funny the way Microlites have come about since the 1980s when they first came around. Is you know, they, these are just the same as your regular GA aircraft, just a lot lighter um, and uh, yeah that that is a true microlite um, that's uh, Iper Quicksilver um, most of you would probably call it a death trap um, <laughs> which oh that that's always fun to fly from time to time when you're feeling brave um, and of course that's actually Bevan Jews that's his chipmunk uh, when he had it based at our airfield for a while I took that picture. Um, yeah, and that, that's a more recent one I did. And um, anyone that's local, um, if you're ever in Ashburton, go into the uh, the Braided Rivers uh, Cafe, uh, sorry, uh, what are they, restaurant and bar. And, um, and the reason I actually took this picture is they wanted a picture of the tiger moth in front of, uh, in front of Mount Hutt. And, um, but the lighting wasn't very good to have the angle that we had on Mount Hutt and the lighting on the aeroplane. So what I actually did is um, took a nice picture of the nice lighting on the aeroplane, then took a picture of Mount Hutt. And um, 
they're stuck together. You, you don't notice yeah, when, when you look at it, and so that that's actually it's got a it's a big banner in the uh, in the restaurant. Oh, sorry, in the back of the bar there, uh, they have that. Um, oh, the solo day, solo day. You'll probably recognise a lot of these photos, John. I think that one might actually be one of your ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, it was <laughs> not quite the weather we'd hoped for um, initially. So I think I got out of bed at a uh, bit before six and um, got the aeroplanes ready as best I could because it was raining outside so we couldn't actually get them out of the hangar. Um, and we were waiting and waiting and eventually the cloud base lifted and, um, and we were able to, uh, was able to do my very first solo in the, um, uh, the RANS um, S6. Um, that we use for training, JH said, and uh, that that was um, quite quite special um, because it was also the aeroplane I did my very first flight in with Dad when I was uh, I think a little over one. So um, yeah, went through uh, another Rands, a wee bit different. Uh, has a shorter wing and a bigger engine. Um, I actually there was a big break between those two because just after I soloed. Um, the first one, the cloud base came in again and had to wait for uh, a bit over an hour and then luckily it lifted just enough again to go up in that. Uh, a tail dragger rans um, and uh, oh, that's an interesting one. The uh, Zenith 701 a stole aeroplane. That, um, some might say the reason it gets off the ground so quick is because the uh, the earth repels it from it being so ugly. Um, and, uh, oh, the Bantam. That that was an interesting one, um, flying the, the Bantam, because um, I'd, I'd never flown it before, because it, it, it is two-place, but um, uh, it has a very low gross weight, and so we worked out that if me and Dad were to go flying in it, we would actually only be able to have five litres of fuel on board. Um, and so he said, oh, it's not that hard, it's just an aeroplane, go and fly it. So went up and uh, and did that and was climbing out and looked down and oh that's annoying the uh, airspeed indicator had um, had packed a sad and uh, well it, it it did read but you know just after takeoff it went straight round to seventy knots and I shook my head and went Bantams don't do seventy knots <laughs> so um, yeah got round and landed and I still don't actually know how fast they go I flew it a a few other times after that um, just to ferry it to another airfield to, for it to be pulled apart and um, I still don't know how fast they go because since it was just going to be ferried we never changed it um, CFM Shadow, it's a little English microlight um, quite uh, there's actually one of the air-to-air -air pictures I showed earlier was of that machine it's um, yeah, very interesting, the bloke that designed it was very, uh, very, um, I guess you could say vertically challenged, and so um, the front seat isn't too bad, but you've got to be not only short, but a gymnast to be able to get into the back seat, and so that, that was actually also one which I hadn't flown previously, just purely because of that no, no instructor. The weight was fine, it was just the fact that no one was actually flexible enough to get into the back um, a little, a nice wee aeroplane, an Italian um, Pioneer 200, 
uh, operated by a group at Ashburton. Um, the same group operated a Jabiru, um, which I was also able to hire and do some training in. Um, so that that was good. The group um, I was flying with uh, Les Vincent. Um, some of you may know he's a very good instructor. Um, you know, very very good to fly with. Um, yeah. So I wanted to save. I, I wasn't able to do my very first solo on the Tiger Moth because of the, um, uh, you know, I didn't want to get the poor old instructor out of bed too early. Um, and so that, that was number ninth on the day. I made it my first um, solo on a certified aircraft. Um, and, yeah, very, very privileged to be able to fly um, fly that aeroplane. It's a very, very special aircraft. Um, yeah, um, this photo here is actually, um, it's not a very good one. But um, I just thought that was quite special. I hadn't realised until I'd landed that um, uh, it's actually, that's my grandfather Struan there, um, just standing behind the cockpit. And that's three generations of, um, of Tiger Moth pilots. Um, my grandfather Struan, he, he learned on Tiger Moths in the 50s when he was learning. And then, of course, Dad owning um, the Tiger Moth that I was flying here and then me going solo on it, so that that was quite um, quite a special occasion. Um, yeah, just some more aircraft. That's a uh, a Technam um, Sierra. Uh, that's Microlite too, believe it or not. It's uh, all metal, um, same construction methods as a uh, you know your standard Cessnas Pipers. Um, in fact, it's even more complex. It's uh, it's got a very nice constant speed prop on it. Um, so yeah, quite quite a nice wee aeroplane. Um, uh, my granddad Struan, he actually still owns uh, an air tree. He hasn't hasn't flown um, in years, but he still owns this air tree, which I do a bit of aerobatics in from time to time. Um, and so that was number eleven um, that I flew. Uh, Beagle Airdale. Um, some of you may recognise it, some may not. It's a, uh, an interesting aircraft. It was the English answer to the Cessna 172 and sort of 182. It's um, uh, fabric covered wings and fuselage with a metal tail. And uh, it's got a 180 horsepower Lycoming uh, 0360 uh, with a constant speed prop. And uh, yeah, very quirky, very English. It's actually um, looks like a 172, but it's Beagle being, it's actually made by the same um, uh, people as Oster, yeah. And so it's actually, you know, you have a look around the undercarriage, which looks quite strange. The reason it's like that is actually meant to be Oster undercarriage, but it's been turned around and moved back a bit further to uh, make it into a trike. Um, a little Cessna 150. Um, and uh, Rans Rans S7, another um, another Rans. Just uh, this one's um, tandem instead of side by side, and it's a wee bit heavier with the bigger engine. Um, oh, the wee turbulent. That's actually one of my favourite aeroplanes. Very, very nice little machine. Um, powered by the V Dub, of course. Um, 
So actually, I think that, that was the only aeroplane on the day I did more than one circuit in, because uh, it was the second last one to do, and, um, and I, was, I was lined up on finals for, the, um, for landing the first time, and I went, oh, no, it's too much fun. And so I went round again and, um, and flew, flew around a few times, and then um, you came in and landed. And then, last but not least, the death trap. <laughs> the old quicksilver. So, um, yeah, just a quick circuit around the patch just to uh, fin- finish off for the day. And uh, that's me at the end of the day. We kept a uh, sort of like a, um, a run, I guess you could say, a running score during the day of uh, all of the aircraft I flew in. So, yeah, I slept well that night. Um, yeah, so, no, I was, I was very... Um, very, you know, privileged, very uh, lucky to get the opportunity to, um, to, to be able to f- have the access to fly all of those aircraft for the day. It was um, you know, quite, quite special. Um, so it was later recognised by um, Flying New Zealand, or ANZAC, as a, um, uh, as a national record for the most um, aircraft flown on 16th birthday. Um, uh, it's something that's been done before overseas, and it's probably it's it's widely recognised as a world record. But because FAI require you to have the official observers and you know, all of this sort of carry on, eh? um, we we didn't bother with any of that because it's just added pressure, and I wasn't really looking to do any of the record stuff for a start anyway. Um, yeah, and and so that that was. Um, yeah, it was quite quite good to actually get it officially recognised, though. Um, yeah, no, it was very good with that. And um, oh, on on this night, it was you know, um, someone said, "Oh, you'll be looking to protect protect that record." And I actually said, "Oh, no, you know, with the way aviation is at the moment, with you know a lack of young people coming through, I said, oh, it's actually, you know, if, if someone was interested, I'd be happy to help them, you know, be able to go through and and do something similar, you know, if if not better in, in the future." Um, yeah, it was very, very good experience doing all of that. Um, so yeah, flying, flying the Tiger. I um, yeah haven't done a lot on it, um, uh, but it's uh, yeah it's very, very special. Ni- 1942, our one. Um, uh, it served. Um, yeah, built built in 1942, served um, at Herewood. Um, for the most most of the Second World War, um, did a little bit here and a little bit at Ashburton from time to time, but mostly um, at Harewood. Uh, after the war, it was um, mothballed, went into storage, and then in the fifties, when they started the training program again at Tyree, it was uh, came out again, painted silver, and um, yeah, and, and started uh, active service again at Tyree through the fifties, um, training pilots. And uh, I think 1956, I think, it was um, discharged and it went into private ownership um, up in Masterton for many years um, with gliding clubs and um, and a a few private owners. Then it came down here in the 90s, um, and some may remember the Barnstormers... um, uh, 115, or I don't think 115 was invented back then, but the the uh, um, adventure rides 
um, operation with Tiger Moth and Estema. Well, this is actually the Tiger Moth, which they operated here for a number of years. Um, and then it went back up to Tauranga, um, had a refurbishment, and in 2007 we, um, we came by it. And, yeah, so it's very, very cool, you know, to be flying a, a piece of history like that. Is it a New Zealand built one? Yes, it is. Yep, built at Rongatai. Yep. Must have been yep. a fair few interesting pilots have been trained in that one over the years. I'd say so. It's actually um, it's quite low out for an Air Force Tiger, and so we're not sure why, because it it hasn't had any major accidents. In the war, it had two heavy landings, um, but it's, uh, yeah, no serious accidents, and so we're not actually sure why it did so little hours, whether it was maybe the CO's favourite or something, and... So he, he kept it at the back, didn't want anyone else flying it. We we don't actually know. Um, Have you actually got the Air Force records from its service? Uh, do we? Yeah, some of it when it was through, it had a heavy and um, the only night just was under a thousand hours, both through the 40s, but here would end down at Tyree. So, um, and I've met one old fellow at uh, a marker last show who was an instructor and. Um, he was managed to score the ride back in front was from Wellington and they needed to go back for maintenance so he managed to score that ride. Got lost in the way and found some fuel and eventually got there. But um, <laughs> he's the only pilot that I've actually met who flew in it. So over that nine hundred and something hours there must be logbook. So if anybody ever runs across anybody, NZ one double four three would be delighted to um, to meet them or, or, or get copies of that that, that history would be brilliant. Yeah. So um Okay, yeah, aer aerobatics is, um, that's something, uh, another big passion of mine uh, within aviation. Um, as, of course, I talked earlier with, um, I did my first ride doing aerobatics when I was seven with a good friend, um, Chuck Berry, and um, it was, I'd done a little bit over the years with instructors, but it was really about November last year, my instructor Andrew Love um, uh, insisted that I should... Um, you know, get a bit of practice in and, and enter in this um, in this competition. Um, uh, you know, flying New Zealand regionals held at Ashburton, and uh, so I, oh yeah, okay, we'll, we'll give it a go, and uh, really enjoyed it. So I um, didn't actually I didn't get anywhere with that competition, but it was you know, it, it got me hooked, and um, yeah, it's uh, you know, one of my favourite things to do is seeing the world from um, upside down, and. Um, um, and in March, I um, uh, kept practicing, and um, and entered the New Zealand Aerobatic Club there, um, uh, national comps at uh, Masterton, and um, I actually went through in the basic, the primary category. I competed, and um, managed to win it somehow, and um, and also got the uh, most improved trophy. Um, which is actually what I'm holding there um, in, in Grandad's Air Tour. And um, so, yeah, that, that was a very good, um, very good experience to be able to go through to that and uh, be able to compete. Um, yeah, um, another one is gliding, which I actually haven't done for a long time. Um, so I talked about this first solo before. It actually wasn't my very first solo. Um, my very first solo was actually in a glider when I was 14 at Omarama. Um, and uh, that was in uh, 
the grob twin steer which is there on screen um, uh, with a, um, a camp for the youth glide group um, which is a very very good group um, you know trying to get younger people into aviation through gliding and um, and so I went through and did that camp and uh, after just eight flights I managed to um, kick out the instructor and um, and went up uh, on my own in the glider and um, we actually just uh, I haven't flown a glider since then which was December 2014 and uh, we've just bought one um, it's an old Schleicher K7 um, which was actually operated by uh, I think the Wigram Gliding Club it was called not Canterbury but the Wigram one and so that was actually based here um, I think from the 70s onwards 60s 60s was it? yeah from the 60s um, from you and uh, we actually caught it from uh, Matamata and so it was down here for a long time. It was um, on a lot of the early Air Training Corps gliding camps that they would have, um, I think, at Timaru. And so, yeah, that, that was... Um, we first got the glider and then found out the history and thought, oh, well, that's actually um, quite cool to be able to have that um, you know, local link uh, with the history of the, that glider. Oh, so um, th this is one of my more recent... Um, Adventures is uh, Giovanni um, Nestrini, the Technam agent, um, when he was actually delivering um, RGB, the uh, the Technam, um, for the Canterbury Recreational um, Aircraft Club, is um, he had his Technam P two thousand eight demonstrator. Um, he flew that down, and um, and he said, oh, "I'm going over to Australia for a." Uh, a couple of weeks, so not much point in it sitting in the hangar up at Ardmore. Would you be able to look after it? And so I was entrusted with an aeroplane um, for, I think, what was it, four weeks in the end? Um, and so, yeah, that, this is also a micro-like category. It's a, a very nice Italian um, aircraft. It's uh, uh, all um, carbon fibre fuselage and aluminium wings. Um, with a hundred horsepower Rotax, um, that's the instrument panel, and so I've never flown anything quite like it before. Uh, it's, um, the reason I was able to take that picture is because it also has autopilot, um, and it was, you know, it, it was not not far off. Um, yeah, almost felt like you're in a, an airline or something, um, sitting in that. So um, yeah, that that was a, another very interesting, um, yeah interesting experience. I think in the end I did uh, I think I did a bit over 20 hours in it um, just uh, doing things like demo rides and uh, and a couple of type ratings and that um, so yeah that, that was quite a lot of fun um, now the future for me is um, I have big dreams um, I'd like to uh, like to um, compete in the Red Bull Air Race um, and so that's sort of following on with my passion for um, uh, for the aerobatics, and uh, yeah. So in, in the next few years, hopefully, I'll um, be going through um, the stages in the competition, 
um, getting experience, you know, with competition aerobatics, um, and uh, and also hopefully some stuff at air shows with the aerobatics. So I've just got to work through and do that, and so in the few, next few years, having to be hopefully looking for some sponsorship um, for uh, for going through and, and achieving that goal. Um, and uh, doesn't Steve Hinton need some competition? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, maybe. That, that's that's a bit boring though, you know. You're only turning one way. It's just. At 500 plus, eh? At 500. Yeah, 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 yep, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, that that's hopefully where I'm going to be heading in the future, uh, with, a, with a bit of luck. Um, so, yeah. Oh, um, thank you all very much. That's the end of my uh, presentation. And um, is there any questions? Yes. You said you were soloed in the glider at 14. Yes. What's the legal age for, for soloing a glider? Is there one? I, it's a real great, there's actually a lot of stuff in gliding. There's a lot of grey areas. And um, and I I had a feeling it was 12. And I asked different instructors. Some said 14, some said 12, some said I don't even think there is one. And um, Which seems silly because for potential to go wrong. In a powered aeroplane, if you're a wee bit low on approach, it's, oh, yeah, we'll just go around. In a glider, you don't have much option. You're going to hit that fence. Um, and so it's... Uh, but I have actually heard one recently where there was a guy and um, and his daughter soloed a glider at, I think, 12. And um, Gliding New Zealand CAA had no problem with it. But it was actually SIFs came in. And um, and they said, oh, it's, it's abandonment. <laughs> Which, which is ridiculous, but um, yeah. So yeah, the, so no. Seriously, they actually they came in and they um, after she'd soloed and said, look, you know, you can't do that. It's it's abandonment. It's like you know, I I don't think you know she would be there if she wasn't capable or you know or wanted to. But uh, yeah, yeah. Anything else? Have you got any um, desire to get into the warbird side as well or, or the yeah, I would like to in the future. Um, it's, uh, yeah. He's got to take them off. Yeah, yeah. So I'd actually, um, with the air show stuff, of course, because we've got some very good pilots in New Zealand already doing performing aerobatics at air shows, the, I'd actually like to be able to um, fly the Tiger Moth at the air show for a start rather than doing <coughs> the aerobatics. Um, but, you yeah, know, it's definitely something else I'd like to do. Um, you know, and following along with Bevan as well, with, with that's what he's well on track to doing, um, is yeah, getting getting into some of the the warbird things later on. Yeah. So there must have been quite a bit of preparation for your sixteen different types. I mean, tailgate and those were all. Yeah. Because um, Charlie, the Beagle was it still owned by Charlie then? Or? No, not. Uh, when did we? Well, our friend Paul got the Beagle in. December, the December before that solo, so we'd only because um, we were sort of operating it with them, and uh, and so we'd only just just got it, um, and so actually hadn't done a huge amount of proper time in it um, before I went solo on it. Most of it was with Dad, and of course he's not a GA instructor, so I couldn't log it. Um, uh, but yeah, there was the old microlight instructor and, and engineer, one responsible for the for the pilot. And the aeroplanes who did all that beforehand. Mm. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. So now it's um yeah had 
a good team of people helping me there as well as you know. Um, so what are your hours now? Um, I've got my logbook just over there. I think I've got about a, a little over 220 hours total time, um, and a lot more than that. That's not logged. Yeah, yeah, we've bit more. Yeah, um, uh, that, that's of just all though. Everything that I've done, pilot and commanders in there. So I think I've done 100. And, I think 110 of that, maybe a little more, as pilot and command. Which is um, yeah, it's a wee bit in, uh, in well, yeah, nearly eleven so months. Nearly sixty hours of that's instructing reasons. Yeah, yeah. So um, you know, been busy. <laughs> yeah. Not much getting done around the farm, Ross. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much, Ross. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I've ever invited anyone as young as you to come and speak because most 16 year olds wouldn't be able to get up and do that. And congratulations on doing that. Thank and you. And a really good presentation. Yeah, thank so, you. That was the Wings Over New Zealand show with Dave Homewood.